Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, the podcast that has taken you episode by episode through the Netflix series Dark. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Elisa. And we're going to recap episode two of season one, Lugan, or Lies. Lies. So, Elisa, we are uh, missing the great Tyler and Samantha this week, but we're going to continue on and discuss episode two without them. How are you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing great. And I'm also, uh, you know, I think that it'll be great for us to have a rotating cast of characters. And, you know, maybe I won't always be here. But, uh, you know, I think that Brian's been putting in a lot of groundwork to uh, do a lot of research, find out exactly what's going on with the show, because there is a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I've been writing recaps each uh, for each episode, and those are up on Wake Up Winden. So if you want to check out, I'm up to season two, episode one by now. So if you want to check those out, they're out there too. Um, but we'll talk about episode two today. So, Elisa, we want to go over just kind of what happened briefly in the episode and then kind of go scene by scene after that, right? Yeah, I, uh, you know, watching this episode, there is a lot to unpack because there's so many neatly tied threads throughout the whole episode. But um, let, let's do just a brief summary to make sure that we all understand exactly what happened because, like I said, there's a lot. All right, so... We start nine hours after Mikkel's disappearance, and uh, we see the police inter- uh, search sort of intensify, and we see um, further goings on with that. Uh, we see Ulrich try to go to the power plant. He gets denied there uh, by Alexander Tiedemann, and Jonas finds a secret map in his dad's old painting studio. Our friend Bartosh finds a phone in uh, his bag of drugs. <laughs> And uh, the stranger moves into the Wyndon Hotel, and the stranger is that hooded figure who we will refer to as the stranger. Um, and at the end, we see Mikkel travel back to 1986, where he finds a very rude 15-year-old version of his father. Ooh, wow. Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> I guess that is what happened. But wow, I mean, uh, yeah, so many overlapping layers, which... You know, I think really is part of the whole uh, premise, right? Is that all of time, all of experience is an overlapping uh, circle, right? An infinite Mm -hmm. loop. Absolutely. (laughs) If you will. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a huge, huge part of the show, the connectiveness of everything. And um, we'll start to talk about how those strings are attached uh, throughout this episode. Okay, so um, to begin... We begin this episode and we end this episode with a similar motif, which uh, is these birds flying through the air and uh, crashing into the ground and dying, which we, I mean, based on the happenings in the last episode, uh, this mysterious event, we can kind of uh, assume that those two are related, but uh, exactly how and why and the details of why that is, uh, you know, escapes us. All we have are these very eerie images of these dead birds. So maybe it's a good thing that Tyler and Samantha aren't with us because they are avid birders. So <laughs> Sorry, mean, <it's>, Tyler. <laughs> and it's sad and, uh, uh, to, to see these birds like this, too. And we do know that they, um, they ended up dead with the disappearance of Mikkel. So we see that happen again at the end of the episode. 
And we're not really sure why that happened, because Mikkel had already disappeared at the end of the first episode. So I did have, we did have questions about that. Right. And, you know, I think, well, we get so many hints about the phenomenon that this, this event is not, uh, it's not a paranormal activity, shall we say. It's, it's a physical activity. It affects the airwaves. It affects sound waves. It affects the body that is found, which let's talk about that really yeah, quick. Yeah, the here. flashing lights too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, I mean, obviously there's a lot of mis- you know mystery surrounding it and, uh, you know, the, the relentless wind <laughs> and the rain <laughs> makes it a lot, uh, you know, it makes it extremely eerie. But this is based in science, right? Uh, you know, I would say like a pseudoscience. Like, I mean, I think anytime you're dealing with time travel, since it hasn't been proven, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of like, they think they talk about like soft science fiction and hard science fiction. And I do think that this show does try to do like hard science fiction where they do have like, um, explanations for everything. But I don't think it's like, you know, uh, I do think it's based in science, but like, I don't know how accurate it all is. Well, we know that there's a lot there's a lot of attempt in this because um, we see we well actually this nightmare is really where the episode really begins to take off. Uh, Jonas, 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 hard J. Jonas, it Jonas. Would be. Okay, mm-hmm. pardon me, German fans. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'll be butchering. I'm like butchering. Mik- Mik- I'm like Mikkel. Like you I can't. Can. I can't. Mikkel. Can. Yeah. You so. Can. I'll be butchering the names, too, and I hope you guys can forgive us. We're, we're practicing. <laughs> but um, this nightmare that he has uh, is also associated with the body that is found in that there's uh, these bleeding ears. And, okay, Brian, I don't know if you were, you might have been typing or something was happening where you were a little bit distracted when we saw the blood that's coming out of dream Jonas's ears because it is the fakest looking blood I've ever seen. <laughs> so to be fair, I have, I did watch this recently. I have watched this in the last week. I was watching it for a second time. So I have seen, I do know what you're talking about. I didn't notice how fake it was. So you have a keener eye than me. It looks uh, like a metallic um, snake, like slithering <laughs> out of his ear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to pay attention on the next time I, I see it. But uh, his dad is talking to him, right? In this dream. And he's creepy, and he's bloody, correct? Yes, um, always. And, you know, it looks very similar to the stranger that we see later. But, fortunately, it's not a real uh, event. It's another nightmare, which Jonas, poor dude, has a lot of. But, um, you know, creepy. Yeah, and Jonas, you know, is still going through a rough time. It's still just a couple months after Michael um, committed suicide. So it's it's been a rough go for him. And, you know, there's a lot of really poignant scenes in this episode where Jonas is just laying on the floor in his dad's studio. And, you know, I didn't realize at first that his dad, uh, his father, was an artist. Like, I didn't realize that that was his studio. But now, seeing it all together, you know, they're kind of a, you know, a bohemian family. The artist dad, masseuse, mom. Does Hannah even know Michael? Like, that's what I get. Like, she doesn't, like, does... Have they ever met? Like, that's what I'm getting, like... Does not seem perturbed at all. Yeah. But, yeah, I I didn't realize he was a painter the first time through, either. And, uh, 
but yeah, he does. He is uh, Jonas does go to his you know painting studio throughout the episode too. But yeah, it's sad. I feel I feel for John Jonas. Absolutely. Um. So then we transition. Like I said, this is a this is affiliated with the ear injury that we then see, and not just ears, whole frontal face. Eyes melted on this poor boy's body. Oof. So yeah, he's laying on the coroner's table, right? At the um and uh his ear grains are not where they should be. Okay, I missed the word that she used and I wish that I had have caught it. But basically there's little granules in your ears that uh determine whether you are on balance or not, which is uh yeah, I mean that's a big thing. But this And his were all out of place. Oh, she's so excited about yeah. it. Yeah, she. Oh, yeah, she's having a great day. This like the case like this doesn't come by too often in Vinden. I, you know, I appreciate this portrayal because I feel that usually we get this like, oh, creepy, slimy, like you know, a coroner, and here we have this like, oh yeah, his ears were all messed up. Like, this yeah, young. she's a young woman. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that is that's true. That is not the uh, typical coroner that you that you normally see on television. Right, but now back to the body. Yeah. So Charlotte asked, you know, was it caused by sound, thinking, you know, these eardrums burst because of this, but it wasn't. It was caused by pressure and rotation. Well, it's possible, right? And that, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, you know, I thought that it was a physical sensation, which at first I thought was sound. But when you put it that way, it is a pressure thing, right? Um, we know that divers, if you go up or down too fast, not the right way, yeah. you can suffer uh, the bends, as they call it, I think. And also, you know, when you're on a plane or, you know, even just at the deep end of a pool, uh, pressure is a real thing that we don't encounter uh, a lot, and yeah. we forget that we are mere mortals. <laughs> Absolutely. It could really mess up your ears, too, and just, like, uh, even, like, uh, ear, like in one, if you can't hear out of one ear, that could cause, you know, um, unbalance as well. So we can't imagine what these uh, poor kids are going through, That like, because it's caused, looks to be by the torture chair that they have right okay yes that's what i was going to say is that uh unfortunately we can connect the dots here and recall back to our last episode a poor scared redhead boy <laughs> yeah and and we see him later in the episode too and uh, right he has the same kind of afflictions that this this poor boy that they find does too so there's something extremely weird going on in an 80s themed torture chamber nursery. Right, with this weird teal, teal wallpaper. Uh, yeah, 80s music blaring, bunk beds. It's a, uh, it's a nightmare. And it has something to do with the man who I just put together in this episode, which I mean, it's only episode two, so I'm proud that I did it. But this is Bartosh's father with an umbrella in the rain. <laughs> so Bartosh's father, yeah, Alexander Tiedemann, right? Correct. He's, he, he is the um, owner of the nuclear power plant. Okay, so is he, uh, I mean, is that his official title? Is he the owner or is he like a... Good question. Maybe the operator. Uh, it's not very clear at this point. But yeah, he's in charge at the very least at the of the power plant. That explains why they have such a beautiful house. Oof, oh, in the I rain, love that house. In the rain? Yeah. Oh. oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. Every time they show Bartosh's house, yeah, the, ex, uh, the, the addition they have with the stone exterior, really nice. It's too bad that uh, he's alone every single time. 
Yeah, just getting ghosted by Marta. Well, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, let me be alone in that house. I'd be just fine. <laughs> the Bartosh? <laughs> hey, what's up? Sliding into his DMs. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that is uh, something that uh, was pretty, uh, well, intentionally, as we saw, uh, ignored in this episode, right? We know that there's history between uh, Marta and Bartosh and Jonas, but uh, Marta... You know, uh, respectfully so. Her younger brother is missing, and he went missing while she was with him. Which, you, oof, bad look. Bad look for Marta. Um, and, you know, uh, so understandably, she is taking some time to recover. She is actually laying in her mother's lap. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that, uh, her relationships are taking a backseat. You know, that, um... And Bartosh, sorry, dude, alone in the dark again. Yeah, um, and Bartosh, you know, not going to get any sympathy from me um, in this episode. Or maybe ever. Um, but <laughs> but uh, we also see, so you talked about um, Marta. And let's let's talk about their family because we spend some time with them. We have Ulrich looking for Mikkel in the cave. Ooh, and he looks a mess. He is, he is Ulrich. Um, <laughs> total scumbag, but he... Uh, you just feel bad for him because he has, of course, lost his son, and, um, you know, he just looks distraught. Well, and I think it's a combination of, uh, first, I do think that he is a talented actor. You know, he has a, you know, he, he does have a pretty interesting face. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, all but, of these actors do. They all right. have different looks. Yes, yeah. um, but also, I would say that, uh, you know, the makeup artist here really did a number because he looks like he has been on a bender yeah he's all sweaty (laughs) there are like lines in his face yeah the lines of these uh these these actors here especially with him and um also with charlotte she always looks so stern she has very defined lines on her face as well well and you know hard times in winter (laughs) totally yeah it is it's a shit town. No. It's disappearing. Yeah. It's raining all the all time. All the time. It's never sunny. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's pretty rough. Everybody yeah. knows your business. Yeah, everybody all knows on everybody. Top of each other apparently. Well, so um, also on the subject of because we really didn't spend a lot of time with the young couples today. No, um, it, but we do know, see a disturbing scene. <laughs> go further. So, we see Francisco, she's walking through the woods, and Magnus, what's he doing? He's just waiting by a tree? Okay, so, these two, um, there is clearly something under the surface with these two, a history, maybe they were together, maybe they were not together, maybe they wanted to be together, but obviously, you know, they're, the air is electric around them about how tense they are with each other, um, and yet... They intentionally run into each other in the woods. Yeah, and, yeah, he's totally waiting for her. And he gets so aggressive with her so quickly, he just shoves her up against the tree. And, you know, last episode we had Bartosh shoving Francisca down. Okay, so, I mean, you know, I I don't want to, like, leap to conclusions here and be like, oh, no, so uh, this is every a German show. No, <laughs> no, no, I mean, clearly that's not it. So, it's like, if you were a German and you were offended by what I just said, like, trust me, I don't think that this is representative of German culture. 
More, more so that it's, uh, you know, it's toxic Maybe male culture. Maybe teen male, male culture, for sure. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sure. I, I yeah. mean, I think that, uh, unfortunately, well, and, like, Wyndon has a toxic culture, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you got Ulrich as the police chief, and, you Ooh. know, he's, I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> so, uh, while, it, while it, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like to see it, uh, portrayed, you know, I mean, I, I don't like to see it perpetuated. Just so like, casually, you know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to see the representation like yeah. that. You know, eek, I have a lot. Of right, that. no, it, it makes me feel bad. But um, I think that in the narrative of this world, like it makes sense that the males are abusive because of the trauma that they have uh, sustained in their lives, right? That's sure, and not to excuse him, his brother is gone, and so he's gone through that. You see him like later punch punching a wall in the episode. Um, uh, yes. He is. I don't know how old. Oh, how old do you think he's supposed to be? Like sixteen. Okay, uh, he's a big kid, and and yeah. uh, you know, again, I'm gonna generalize here, but like you know, I mean, he's a big German boy. He's broad shouldered. He's blonde. He's got this like sad boy sad face. Sad face. So sad. Every Goth I, boy. I think I wrote in this. You know, I think I wrote eight times. Sad. So sad, <laughs> Magnus. Magnus. So sad. Just no, I, I wouldn't even, well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely in the eyes, but it's also in the lips. It's yeah. like a, let's see how the combo. Oh, man. Yeah. And he, he really has this, uh, uh, you know, if you were in high school in like 2006, <laughs> that uh, hair is right on it. You know, right on the, <laughs> right. Magnus at the disco here. Got a sick jacket. No, um, and you know these are two kids who, um, you know, I mean, a lot of the events had to deal with uh, Francesca, right? Yeah. Francesca. Yeah. Um, she was not part of the original plan. No. She showed up and kind of threw a wrench in things, and then everything went downhill from there. So. <laughs> right. Blame Fran. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, so she yeah, she did take the the drugs first, and you know maybe you know who knows what would have happened. You know, butterfly effect. Maybe the phenomenon doesn't happen if she doesn't do that. Okay, but well, I'm, just, uh, <laughs> she, I'm kidding. She um, you know, the thing about her, I I first of all, she's an incredible actress. I I, yeah. I can't believe I'm spending so much time talking about these two because they were such a nothing part. But nothing no, I agree. Part, no, I really part. like. I do uh, like. Part of, like, what upsets me, too, about this scene is, like, I like Magnus and Francisca, and, like, just, like, seeing it, like, in this episode, I'm just like, ugh, don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, she, you know, they're both very intriguing actors. Um, I like them opposite of each other. Um, she, you know, when I look at her, and I, her whole, um, you know, carriage is just, uh, she's one of the bad ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I, you know, I get down with that, so I think that's cool. Anyway, so, yeah, the teens are in angst. <laughs> yeah. And she, um, she apologizes for, uh, about Mikkel to him. She, they, they, she does have kind of an understanding with him at the end of that scene. Yeah, and, um, you know, I mean, obviously this is not the end of the story. We're gonna get more on this, so, you know, I'm, it's just interesting, you know, everybody, there's, there's, what I like about this series and this narrative so far is that there's this very traditional, uh, magic in the woods, right? Like, right. it's this old, it's, it's this almost a character, ancient right? story of we're gonna go and do this secret thing in the woods, right? And, um, so there's something that's so, uh, 
fantastical almost. Yeah, and also, like, you know, it's familiar, you know, that, like, we understand. And so when we see these characters out in the woods doing these secret things, running around in these caves with these secret doors, you know. Um, Brian, have you ever seen a door like that in a weird secret place? Um, like a steel door, like, uh, in... Just a door nature. where a door doesn't belong. Door where a door doesn't belong, oh. I wanted to, like, I wanted to look, like, I wanted one to be in my house where I grew up so bad, I wanted to find a, a door in my attic, and, and, like, I wished for one so bad, but I don't know, I don't, thinking about it right on the spot, do you, have you ever well, seen Well, um, actually, yes, many times, because I feel that if you go into the national parks or into state parks, there's lots of weird doors, lots of places, but there was actually a weird door in my high school um, I went to a historic high school, as did Brian. Yes. But, uh... We had stairs that went nowhere, so there's... Okay, that, similar, but, yes. Yeah. So, Brian, yeah, we Into had... the ceiling. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, but, yeah. but your door, yeah. Yeah, so but... we had a, you know, as a theater kid, and under our auditorium, um, there was actually a bomb shelter. <laughs> um, but we would go down there sometimes, like, I went maybe twice in my whole high school career. It was, like, the coolest thing I ever did. But one time we went deep, and deep under the stairs, there was a door, kind of like that. Oh, really? Yes. It was very spooky. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, naturally, I could understand why Ulrich would assume that his child was missing in there. Absolutely. I mean, uh, so, like, that's what Ulrich thinks, right? Yes. Ulrich thinks that Mikkel must be behind that door, and the door is property of the power plant. So... We'll pick up that thread later on in the episode. Uh, but you were talking about... Fran- we, were, we were talking about Francisca earlier. Yes. And her father is in the next scene. And her father is uh, the sniveling man, Peter Doppler. Oh, Peter Doppler. Is and he crying in his he is car? crying. Oh, it's sad. It is sad. He's crying as he's listening to the news report about the missing children. Now, uh, is he crying because of the missing kids? He looks guilty as hell, doesn't he? Well, so let me think about this, because it's not his child that's missing. No, it is not his child that's missing. It's, it's, he has no relation to the children that are missing. No, not that I can tell right now. So he, we see him in the first episode with Jonas. He's Jonas's counselor. Uh, walking okay, the woods. well. But, uh, and then again, Jonas... Um, you know, the, not in the family with uh, Ulrich yet. And so, yeah, I don't think, yeah, no relation. He's just listening to the news report. And if you remember in the first episode, there was a little bit of shadiness with him, too. So, honestly, I can't even think of this man outside of his crying in the episode. Because I think that... Uh, is, I mean, is there a thread I'm supposed to pick up there? Because I didn't pick up a thread other than this is a sad man. And I didn't even connect the dots that he was not related to any of the kids. Like, I was trying to, when he was crying, right. I was like, shit, who is he, like, related to? You know, like, I couldn't So, yeah, him. so he is Peter. So, in the first episode. He is Mikkel's, uh. Charlotte's no, husband. Charlotte's husband. And Charlotte is Francisco's mother. So, it's Charlotte and Peter are married. Okay. And they have Francisco. So, Peter, in the first episode, he was saying the prayer of serenity, which is often ah. associated with guilt. Ah, And now in yes. this episode, he's listening to the police report and he's crying. So, I'm just saying, at this point, he's looking pretty guilty. 
Okay, well, you see, maybe I didn't pick up that thread as heavily because I was picking up on old man uh, Ulrich's dad. Okay, so that's the next scene. So we have, and his name's, um, I don't know how you'd say this in Trant or Tronte, Trant. How do you think? What do you think? Ooh, uh, yeah. okay. How is it spelled again? T-R-O-N-T-E. Spelling on Wake Up Window. Trant. <laughs> we'll go with Trant. So, Sorry, okay, guys. so yeah, we see Trot, and like, so was he looking at, like, blood on the sweater? Okay, so, obviously, that was his sweater, or maybe a child's sweater that had blood on the wrist, mm. on the wrist of his sleeves of his sweater, and he looks at it cautiously, and then puts it in the wash. You know he's never done the wash before, he's, like, trying to figure it out, he's like, he's like, <laughs> He looks uh, like us in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah we it's tried like, to do our laundry in europe and it was a big was mistake a big mistake uh, we left with uh wet clothes soaking wet cases. clothes Ugh. they were like 40 pounds <laughs> live and learn live and learn yeah we learned we learned exactly yeah. we wouldn't do that if we were in winden and we wouldn't do that if we had committed a murder no certainly not um <laughs> so yeah so we're wondering you know how is he involved in all of this right and Ulrich's mom, <laughs> okay, so she hasn't heard, she hasn't heard from Ulrich at all. And did we meet her in the first episode? I'm trying to remember. I've seen um, so many yes, of these. Yes, we did. We did. Um, okay. And he, she had to call his emergency contact. Correct, right? because they don't talk, even yeah. though he lives in her house. <laughs> yes, so that we find that out at the end of the episode that he lives in the house that he grew up in, mm -hmm. and now he doesn't even contact his mom ever. Uh, so yeah, you know, son of the year here. Um, he and we have Trot. He went. He was missing last night, and he's lying to his wife. We know that he is. Uh, he's such a bad liar. Yes, he is. And uh, the mother, and her name is Yana, and she's making the comparison to thirty-three years ago when Mads went missing. That would be um, her son, Ulrich's brother. Well, and you know. Mikkel's grandfather, or uh, uncle, Mikkel's uncle. So, it would be Mikkel's, gr um, it would be Mikkel's uncle, absolutely, yes, it would be if he was alive, yep, absolutely. Wow, and he was never found, you know, I mean, it's sad, yeah, it's, a. Uh, so, he stumbles out the door in a bad lie, and she looks at the, she knows, you know, she's a smart lady. Yeah, she's but, all over it. Yeah, she, so... We're all over it, but because mm -hmm. this is what this is what I've been led to believe mm -hmm. as a first time. Well, this is maybe my second time doing this episode in a long time, but yeah. But at least you know she's been. Looking yeah, I'm basically over a new viewer. New viewer. Yeah, yeah, and um, this is this is the thread I'm picking up is that this creepy grandpa guy is behind it, right? Um, and that's why his wife is going crazy and why his son won't talk to him. That's like what I'm thinking. So, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just. Like they say, everything is connected. Well, here's the connection. It's what the message I'm receiving. Yes. So I have both Peter and Trot looking suspicious. Uh, suspect 1A and 1B at this point in the story. Okay. Interesting. So the police decide not to make the discovery of the first body of the unknown at this point body, uh, the boy. And... You know, she's breaking it down. We can see that there's going to be some development of some of these police characters later. Um, you know, we see a man with an eye patch. <laughs> how, what, how did he get that eye patch? What's happening? I don't know, but he's going to lead right. an investigation. So I suspect we'll meet more yes. of him. And his name is Waller. Just, uh, I'm butchering the pronunciation again, but uh, <laughs> Waller. <laughs> so 
Um, yes, they're all in a flurry. They're all up uh, trying to do something. But what they seem to be missing is a very, very, very creepy man who comes out of the cave in raincoat. Right. And is he the same man that checks into the Vinden Hotel? Hard to say. Hard to say. His <laughs> coat is a big hood. Yes. Seems like the exact right type of coat you would need to live in when it's basically made of <laughs> a rubber tire. Yeah, they have like a special section at REI that's just for living in Vinden. Um, so, <laughs> uh, did we talk about the scene with Katarina? Mar- we talked about that earlier where Marts is leaning on Katarina's lap. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, uh, we get to the scene with Bartosh, and he's trying to call Marta. No. She's not gonna, nope. She's nope. ghosting him. We're so happy. Thank you, Marta. Hey, you know, uh, I get that because, you know, if you're going through a trauma and, you know, you might not have time for those other relationships in your life. And really, like, uh, okay, so we, you know, sorry, I know you love to hate on Bartosh, but at least <laughs> he is trying to contact her. But uh, it's true. You know, I'll allow it. <laughs> he's trying to be supportive but uh you know she is wanting none of it which is her prerogative in this time of chaos absolutely so with Marta ignoring Bartosh he turns his attention to the bag of drugs that he has and it's, it's not just weed it's there's pills there's uppers and downers you know <laughs> Yeah, no, um, you know, all kinds of things. He looks, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good here. Pretty interested in that. <laughs> but, um, you know, ultimately, not exactly thrilled here, right, with Bartosh? No, I, I hate him. Yeah. I hate him, but, uh, yeah, and... I don't know, is this where he finds the phone? I think, it, is it later in the episode? Okay, no, it is here. Pardon me, I dropped the lead. But, uh, no. yeah, so he's looking, that's, okay, that's exactly what I have written down here. It's like, okay, there's some pills, there's some sheets, and then there's a big black thing. And I was like, oh, is that what the kids are doing these days? But no, it's actually just a cell phone. It's just, yeah, so it's Eric's cell phone. And, yeah. you know, I guess that this was a phase that we all lived through, and, you know, we still live through it to some extent. But, you know, never before have I opened my phone, and it's been, like, three attempts. <laughs> you get three and you're done forever. Okay, and I, I mean, like, I know that that is the, a case. Yeah, but know? do they explicitly warn you? It's just like, uh, it's just like, <laughs> they don't warn you, it's just like, ah, too late, you're done. Just to see it in that, like, you know, analog cell phone, like, uh, grainy format is really a lot yeah, of it's like, like, no, Bartosh, no! <laughs> it has to be Eric's burner phone. Yeah. <laughs> So, right, I mean, that that is a reasonable explanation, right, is that he was a drug dealer, Eric, and so he must have had a burner phone. Right. Because right? that's and, what you do. <laughs> you know, it's, like, buried in his bag of drugs, so, like, maybe he just, like, went out into the woods and made his made his deals, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to the police station. We have, you know, the body, the body, and they're talking about, like, everything that was found with the body. Right. Ooh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about this. So one. there's like red soil. Um, there's a Walkman. Oh, a Walkman. Yes. There's it's a huge, by the way. It's like the size of my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, and it's does it? Uh, I don't know if they have. I don't. I don't know if they mentioned the tape that they have with it, but. <laughs> yes. It's in French. I do, I so I can't, I, isn't it in French or is it in German? French or German. I'm I don't exactly know, but sure. it's bad. And the recording is real bad. You can tell it's like 
you know, the little plastic string in there is like frayed and it's like, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, what are we to make of this uh, necklace with the, is it a like a German penny? Okay, yeah, it's a coin. Um, uh, from 86. So, you know, I thought about, that's a thing that's pretty common in like China. <coughs> yeah. me. Um, is, you know, to have, like, a coin on your neck. It has a red string. It seems very, you know, like, uh, shall we say, Eastern in influence. But, uh, the bigger fact remains it's from 1986, which is, oddly enough, the year my brother Sam was born. And more importantly to the to the show, the year, <laughs> the year Mads disappeared. Believe it or not, yeah, yeah. the two men may not be connected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and Sam's a big dark fan, so what up, Sam? Uh, and so we have, uh, we go to Alexander Tiedemann. Oh yeah. And sorry. Back to the police station really quickly. Um, should Ulrich be on this case? No, he's a mess. As we said. Yeah. And it's uh, like a big conflict of interest, right? Like to have running in, interrupting meetings. Right. He's like, we found a door. Yeah. Well, and he, like we said earlier, he does not look good. Like the guy is definitely acting, uh, well, and like you said, a conflict of interest. The man is going through trauma, and here he is racing around. It's definitely, like, manic behavior, which is understandable given the trauma he's going through. So Right. <laughs> it would be hard for him to make rational decisions given the circumstances. So, yeah, what's the deal? Uh, okay, police chief's name again. So, Charlotte? Charlotte, yeah, yeah Charlotte. You know, exercise some uh, Yeah, some and Charlotte is the chief. Um, she is Ulrich's boss. She's made a mistake here. And, yeah, so she, she, she's by the book, though, you know. She wants to request a search warrant. <laughs> um, so, uh, we'll see. Ulrich doesn't quite do things that way later in the episode. No, mostly. Yeah, 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 he doesn't. Yeah. So, okay, now, I'm, even though I've seen this a few times, I'm still a little bit confused about Alexander Tiedemann, the... Uh, person in charge of the plant and the scene with Eric's dad and you know he has this great line where he's like do you know the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people and I was just like so hoping that we would get an answer <laughs> and he left us hanging and I was like please Alexander tell me what's uh, the difference yeah and I was embarrassed because I was like what is the difference, what is the difference? <laughs> I was hanging on the edge of my seat I guess I don't know the answer and so I goes, guess I'm not successful <laughs> He just goes, exactly. And I was like, no, please, tell me. <laughs> I mean, it was obviously a yeah. power play. And, you know, um, putting it together that um, this is uh, Bartage's family. Mm -hmm. His dad is a hyper-powerful and uh, distant parent. <laughs> we have Extremely not seen that. Extremely distant. <laughs> and, but, you know, like, like I said earlier, imposing with his umbrella. <laughs> um, but also his mom... Uh, uh, first of all, I love seeing her in the hotel. Oof, it's Me like that, you know, this very Wes Anderson, creepy, you know, Hotel Transylvania almost type vibe. But, um, you know, the two of them, well, the, the three of them, shall I say, they all just seem so separate. Again, do they know each other? No. <laughs> Have no, they been no, introduced? None of, them, none of them know each other. And, <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, we see... Uh, the hotel, we see this stranger come yes. in. And Regina is so desperate for customers. <laughs> she is scared, first of all. Yeah. He is dirty. And he's got, and listen, 
no one loves a suitcase more than me. But that oh. is a sad looking suitcase. <laughs> Maybe it, you know, means a lot. To Covered me. in dirt, squashed yeah. up. Oof. But anyway, so he goes to the counter and uh, she. <laughs> Can I yes. help you? Can I help you? And uh, he needs a room, and she gives him a room. And what room does she give him? Number eight. Oh, and interesting. Why is that so significant? Can you tell me? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, the I, number eight looks a whole lot like... Infinite symbol? Bingo. Okay, Elisa. Wow, that is excellent analysis. I saw <laughs> that it was number eight. I did not know the significance of it, but I knew it must be for a reason. I wouldn't put it in there if it wasn't for a reason, right? Exactly. So, okay, I like that, Elisa. That's a good idea. So he goes in the room and uh, takes a shower. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. But his <laughs> poor back, too. It's all scrap. I bet that hurt in the shower. Yeah, he's a lean yeah. guy. Yeah, and he's, he's like, putting together, like, a vision board. Uh, uh, <laughs> how, how is this, like... <laughs> I, sorry, I was jumping. Out. I was like, "How <laughs> is this helpful?" Is like while he's like crossing out, like I, I know this is later, but he crosses out to say like, "Where is no? Uh, where is Mikkel? To when is Mikkel?" Like, is he's just doing that for himself, right? Like, what is... I mean, I guess that that's what a Google Doc was like. <laughs> <laughs> like once upon a time, board? like yeah. you would just carry around your yeah. <laughs> evolving thoughts. <laughs> He's got all sorts of stuff on here, right? Well, and, and you know, a lot of accessories. We yeah. also spend a lot of camera time on this hmm, contraption. Ooh, the, the, the device. Is the, it a music box? Yeah. Um, Does it I play just, Agnes Obel? <laughs> oh, no, that would be, that would be worth, that would be worth more. Or perhaps, uh, does yeah. Agnes Obel sing the theme song, the, uh, the intro? No. I don't think she does. Um, the intro is fantastic. Not a song I would like. <laughs> Not a song I would maybe just play, like you know, just you know, maybe driving around town. It might be tough. Maybe but, in a very scenic, like cliffside drive with the rain. That's what yeah, I would play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the dark for sure. In the um, dark. But <laughs> yeah, so he has this 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 futuristic device. Um, and I just imagine like Cartman running out with it. We got the device. We got it. But. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, time travel much? I mean, obviously with the end of the episode, we see the time travel is possible, so. Yeah, there's, I mean, uh, obviously there's a lot of world building happening here that later I'm sure I'm going to watch this again and be like, oh, okay, interesting. Listen, theory one is it's a music box that plays Agnes Opal. <laughs> theory two is it's a time machine. Okay, yeah, you heard it here first. Yes. Um, so, poor, okay, yeah, there's just, this next scene is so poignant. Um, first of all, there's a lot of great transitions in this show with Thunder in this episode, which, um, I love the Thunder, I don't hear nearly enough Thunder, so I like to hear it in this episode, and it's, it's foreboding, right? And we see this beautiful church, um, this beautiful German church in the woods, and, like, cut out of the woods, and, uh, there is a tombstone there, and it is so sad. Uh, it's his date of birth to an infinity uh, symbol, yeah. mm -hmm. which you know looks a lot like the number eight when you lay it on its side. When you look at it from a different perspective, so wise. That was good. Thank you. 
Um, but anyway, um, she has brought something to the uh, to the cemetery, and what is it, Brian? A little action figure, right? Okay, do you know what action figure it is? I don't. Uh, do you? Is it from Thundercats? It could be. I'm not too familiar with that. Okay, well, it's you know, it's before your time, and it's before your older cousin's time. Um, I am pretty sure it's from Thundercats, but somebody correct me. Um, it's a villain. Yeah, it's a villain, and uh, clearly like an action figure. And what's interesting here is that she swaps it out. So like, this is a transition that this is a tradition that she's had for a while, right? Yes. Yeah. It's clear that she does this all the time, and it is. Awfully sad. Um, I really feel for Yana. When I was writing my uh, blog this week, I, she was the only character I had as trending up, and it was only because I felt so bad for her, and I thought the actress did such a good job of like conveying the grief uh, of a mother who's lost, you know. Right, right. Well, and, you know, uh, now, I mean, her grandson, too, right? Her grandson, and she... she she doesn't seem too tied up about that, though. Um, well, I mean, that kind of seems beyond her grasp of, like, understanding, right? That's true. Um, you know, it's, and that's, it's crazy much, like, because, like, I was just, like, I didn't even, like, it's obvious, like, yeah, it's her grandson's missing, too, but, like, I didn't even connect the two of them. Um, it's a, it's a little vague. I will say that, um, maybe, and maybe it's intentional, I, it's a little early, but some of these, well, no, not some. All of these family relations are a little hard to keep track of, and uh, I think if I didn't have Brian, I would be overwhelmed with. Yes, and my Google Doc. Of the yeah, exactly. Too. You know, so use Brian's Google Doc. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's there are so many characters, and they are all so interwoven, which is probably intentional, but also as a viewer, like kind of annoying. Yeah, um, it's tough, but it's worth it. I yeah, no, yeah. I would definitely say so. Yeah. Um, so we see a couple quick scenes here. Uh, you know, the judge has blocked their order. Um, you know, the <laughs> the white the mom is standing out in the rain crying. <laughs> it's so sad, yeah. This is um so this is where the musical montage happens, right? And mm-hmm. we have it's uh the song is Industry by Meyer K. Oh, it's beautiful. It is a really nice one. Uh it's sad so sad. Yeah. Like you said, you know, Katarina's out in the rain. Ugh. Um, Marta hangs up on Bartosh. That was good. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Also, um, I forget that Marta is, like, related. <laughs> yes, Marta is, you know, she Magnus does... and Mikkel's sister. She yeah. doesn't seem like she belongs. Uh, yeah, it's true. She, yeah, uh, well, I guess, you know, Magnus is kind of the one that kind of sticks out in that, in that trio. Well, and, you know, we see him, like we talked about earlier, he's got this aggression that he's all pent up, and now he's punching the wall, bleeding, and looking confused. Why are my hands bleeding? Yeah, he's like, he just, like, looks like a lacrosse player. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Oh my <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't know I any lacrosse players. Oh, uh, that was rough. Uh, okay, so... We go to Jonas in his father's painting studio. It's such a powerful image. He's laying on the floor, and um, he is wearing a velvet crew neck. Yeah, with his, like, jeans rolled up. I would really like that crew neck. It looks so cozy. (laughs) But um, anyway, so he's laying there, and um, he is all tucked up. He's staring up at the spot where we all know um, his father took his own life in the first episode. And, um, you know, he has, like, we, we know that he's been dwelling in this place for a little bit, so we're seeing him come out of this reverie. 
And he comes out by seeing this strange little notch in the wood ceiling of his father's studio. Right. And he ends up, you know, going into that notch and getting uh, a, a map or what, what, what would you so, say? So when he first, uh, you know, was looking at the notch, I mean, first of all, like, first I want to just acknowledge that how excited he must have been, like, as a son who's lost his father to find this secret um, map. Yeah. Well, dare I say, like, passage or like connection portal between you know like uh this and i think that's a pretty big overwhelming uh you know theme of this episode is this these uh pathways and doorways between um realms but anyway so he has this beautiful moment he's so excited he lifts it up and he pulls down this paper and because i'm also a 12 year old boy i'm like it's porn <laughs> now that would have been that would have been something uh, like isn't that a place you would hide porn <laughs> that would have uh, the show would have taken a different turn it was not porn uh no i'm just kidding but that is very funny uh, it's a weird map uh with uh wind and caves marked Oh my god. And uh, it's very detailed. The and... most exciting thing that yeah. you could possibly find hidden in a little secret cranny in your deceased father's studio is a secret map. So this is a, this is also a familiar narrative that's very exciting, right? Yes. Like And that was part of like what I wanted to find in my house is like just like a secret passageway or like a secret map where I could you know find treasure and get rich. I don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, to go back to the German theme, um you know, we, I had been told it was, you know, a lot of people were critical of German TV and German film in general because, you know, the Germans, they are not good actors. That's what people were saying. Not what I'm saying. Yeah. Not in this, this, I this show. Like, I sound like Michelle This show. <laughs> there's so many good actors. In this but, show. um, you know, this show, I think, uh, so many of its roots are in these traditional, um, Approaches. You know, we have these secret passageways. Mm-hmm. We have these uh, missing children, you know, going into the woods. I think it's it's a tale as old as time, really. Yeah, like Hansel and Gretel, they uh, refer to it in the first episode. And like you said, that's got to be one of the oldest fairy tales um, right. of all time. So. Well, so he's looking at this map and we get this transition into the lab. <laughs> the torture room? Yes, the ah, torture nursery. Yes. Ah. <laughs> and it's uh, Eric, right? He's yes, this poor redhead yeah. boy. We yeah. can hear him like sniffling. It's so sad. But um, his eyes are just starting around. Yeah. On the on the TV is some you know mad scientist. Uh huh. And he asks the poignant question and po- poses you know this debate of uh, Will we ever be able to see beyond? And what price would be would we be willing to pay? Right. How far will man go for science? Turns out pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. With a, this redhead boy. Pretty far with uh, Eric and uh, probably that other dead body. So. Well, we go right back to the police. So it's right not back a... to Rick. So right back to it's not a it's not an uplifting transition, shall we say? And it's pouring rain. And Ulrich is just yelling obscenities at Alexander Tiedemann. And, you know, maybe, you know, you just see a Tiedemann and you, you want to yell at them. You want to swear at them. You it's, see it. 
No, I'm just kidding. Is this his worst look of the scene? Of the whole episode? Uh, of this episode? Uh, uh, is this Ulrich's worst look? Well, of can we life? remember that he was also, like, falling in a cave? <laughs> he was not doing well in the cave. He was stumbling around. Um, <laughs> he is... He's, he's, and I could relate, he's probably not, not good in the outdoors, maybe. He's more, he's a windin, <laughs> windin boy, city boy. But, okay, but, you know, I, I would say this is probably his worst scene because he's ugly towards others. He's, uh, really looking like a, like a toddler here. Yeah. Really yeah. throwing a fit, which, I mean, again, like. Probably hasn't slept. None of us have, yeah. well, I don't know, maybe whoever yeah. you are listening, but none yeah. of us have lost a child, and so we can't explain, like, how that would affect us yeah. mentally, but yeesh, this yeah. is a bad look. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, Tiedemann is not letting anyone in. He says that it's a high-security area. His pat- employees patrol it all day, and no one has seen Mikkel. And... Because <sighs> they've all been in the lab testing the lab. boy, Eric! That's all right. That's my theory. So it could be, and because uh, later on, I don't, I don't know what to think. And like, I know this show does do misdirection, but there's a part later on I want to ask you about. What are we to think about this? But I'll, I'll bring it up later. It involves Tiedemann. Well, yeah, go ahead. And I guess we already actually brought up, the next scene is Bartosz with the drugs and the bag, and we talked and, about the cell yeah. phone. Yeah, on the phone. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I know that you're loathing for Bartosz's deep, and uh, I guess that mine is more directed, you know, there's a big part of me that feels pity for Bartosz as a parentless, essentially, child, because I just find his father to be so repulsive that I guess that maybe that's where a lot of my energy is going towards. It's like, who is this guy that is so clearly hiding something, you know, and uh, taking some uh, glee in the pain of Ulrich. Like, yeah. we can agree on that, right? So, yeah, because he kind of goes to Ulrich. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I took that from Alexander in this, like, uh... So, yeah, because he says, he's like, he's like, I'm truly sorry. And Ulrich is like, are you trying to ruin me? And, like, so maybe there's this history there, right? Because... There's always history in Winden. Because, because, yeah, he... Like, I don't know why anybody would go so quickly. Like, you're trying to ruin me. Like, that's the first thing that would happen. So, yeah, and Alex, like, he's, like, totally an absentee father right now. And, uh... I guess I could see I could see where you're coming from. I just see you know, Bartosh. Um, you know, <laughs> you're blinded by I'm blinded by hate. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Which and we and we discussed Bartosh. Let's not give Bartosh another go around here. But yeah. at least he's not pushing women in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Little victories, I guess. But um, we speaking of uh, you know unwanted advances. Oh boy. Oh uh, no. Okay. So. Ulrich stumbles back into the police station <laughs> to find his jilted lover, who, okay, and, and okay, I know she's a baddie. I know that we, you know, <laughs> she, she waiting for the redeeming arc on this one. Hannah, right? Hannah Doppler? Or no? Yeah, Hannah, okay, Hannah. Um, Conwell. Hannah Conwell, uh-huh. sorry. No, you're good. So she, mm. yeah, waits for him at his place of work. She, he, like, scoots her into this closet. And, Drags her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I, I do feel sad for her here because I do, uh, you know, I mean, they have an intimate relationship and they connect on a level that's not what other people see. So 
she is attempting to return to that place of intimacy, and that place is gone. Tonight. Right. It's not the time right now. Yeah. And um, Ulrich, I don't know, did we mention, like, she had, she called him 12 times, and he hasn't been responding. Well, so it's shows... selfish of her. I, I mean, that's true. Uh, that, that's, yeah. I mean, like. I agree. I, I, that's why I wrote about it, too. Yeah, I, I, I do, like, I do feel sad for her because I feel sad to see her put in this position where she's so obviously uh, trying to, you know, uh, return, but no, she's being selfish. And it's like the next day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, give him some time. Um, so, uh, while Hannah, uh, and, you know, you see Hannah's face, like, when he tells her that he's sorry, but he'll call her, she's not happy. Right. And, you know, they transition to Jonas, who's looking at the maps, and they um, highlight in English, thankfully, helpfully, they tell <laughs> us, where is the crossing? I wish I could read uh, more of the map. Well, I'm, um, like I said, there's some th- I mean, there's always things that repeat in Wyndon. There's always this uh, recurrence. And uh, the door, this crossing, you know, it, it's, there's... So many paths between stories. Uh, so many connections. Uh, but, um, yeah, and, and I, too, appreciated the English. So, anyway, they're doing a little bit more digging, Ulrich. Yes, he's looking through the evidence. And the evidence, you know, he's looking at the penny. Ooh, I forgot about the whole scene that's about to happen. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, this is, we gotta whoa, talk about whoa, this. Whoa, 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 there's a whole We've scene. We've gotta talk about this scene. So... He finds, like, he sees that there's van marks, and Eric's dad owns a van, which... Typical. And he was also working at the plant the night Eric disappeared. Aha! So, Ulrich is going to go search Eric's dad's house. Okay, fine. Now, he goes and searches, and this I this took way too long, this scene, when he's searching around his uh, yard in this house. Anyway, Ulrich finds uh, a chain that leads to an underground <laughs> a lair. Trap door a trap that leads door. to a chain. That Excuse leads... me. Yeah. So he opens the trap door, he's pulling up the chain, and it's like a, <laughs> there's a black garbage bag, and I'm like, oh no. Ugh, it's ugh. a head. It's Eric's uh, yeah, head. Like, it's organs or something gross. It's something bad. And while, while this is happening, you get Eric's dad coming with... Uh, you know, a shotgun. Okay, is that, like, a thing? Is that acceptable in Germany? Like, is I, that part of his job? Like, I don't know. I do anyway, not know. It was very surprising to me to There's, see guns in a German episode, TV show, but I guess I'm uninformed, so. I, I'm also uninformed, but I do... Okay, so, let's let's see here. So, he holds Ulrich up by uh, by gunpoint, felony number one, uh, and Well, that, he's not trespassing, okay. That's true. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you got a point there. Uh, now, when he opens the bag that we think is going to be organs, it's mm. actually just drugs. Yay! Tons and tons <laughs> of drugs. More drugs! And, uh, Eric, Eric's dad, uh, Jürgen, and Jürgen and Ulrich have a conversation, and it turns out that Jürgen and Eric were selling drugs together at the school. Okay. So they're selling drugs Ugh. to children. Yeah. Uh, felony number two, three, four, five. Okay. And, uh, you know, they have a go. Okay, now, I get that they're sympathetic towards each other, right? Because they both lost a boy. Right. But he's just he just walks away at the end of this episode. Carry on. Okay, you keep selling these drugs to the children. 
No, no arrest here? What's going on? So, you know, it took me a while. Like, I think it didn't even really cross my mind when I was watching the episode. But, like, you know, shortly thereafter, I was like, you know, I guess that that's, like, they're... This is the classism coming through, right? We need like a, a we need a junkyard protector, man. <laughs> we don't have any people of color, so we're gonna have a junkyard, man. Like, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah, no, it's very true. I mean, about the about the police, they just like, I mean, who do you let off the hook? And like, they just let this guy off the hook, yeah, completely. And um, I don't. Germany's pretty strict on drugs, from what I understand. Um, when I visited there, they told us that bad places to smoke weed would be in the hostel or outside, and the police there would just come and get you. See, so one guy said it, so it has to be true. See, yeah, it's true. No, I'm just well, kidding. You but know. <laughs> I do think they're tough on tough on tough on that over there. And um, I just like I was like Ulrich, what what in the world? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, I think that they were, you know. Ulrich knew that he was being bad because Ulrich didn't have like a search warrant or anything. Ulrich was trespassing. <laughs> okay. He was in a place that he was not supposed to be. I guess uh, so. He had a gun in his face. So, you know, I think that Ulrich knew that he couldn't exactly like push the limit here because he he was doing, he, you know, he, he was going rogue. And so we know that he's been exhibiting this dangerous behavior. So it's not surprising to me that uh, he decided to like let this one go, uh, you know, without a hitch. But can we also discuss the method of hiding the drugs? What, in a black bag of your job tour? <laughs> On a chain? <laughs> On a chain. Like, ooh, yeah. is that, yes. like, are there alligators down there too? Like, is, like, Germany? dangling over, like, yeah. a Oh, my it, gosh. Like, like, it just seems, like, so extreme. Maybe another felony. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I so, wrote egads. <laughs> yeah, egads. So I don't know. I just I thought that was crazy. But um, thank you. You, you. you brought up some valid points. So thank you for walking me through that. Okay. Um, but after that, we do see Eric being dragged through the forest. Okay. See, and I didn't exactly put a name. I said there's a body with red hair. It's got right. It's Eric. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's why you choose. Yeah. You know, the red, red head. head. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? And no his mistaking. eyes, his eyes look just like, um... So we can infer that whatever it was that happened with that machine, it's what killed the other boy, and it's not good. Exactly, because his eyes look just like his. Okay, here's my question for you. Right after they see uh, Eric being dragged by the hooded figure, they cut to Tiedemann, uh, okay, Bartosz's yeah. dad. Yeah. And he's overseeing, like, this construction, and the black bag is being moved um, a by barrel. a crane, a barrel, uh, by a crane into a truck, right? Well, listen, I saw, what, episode two or three of Breaking Bad, so yeah. I know it wasn't that barrel. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so you're talking about, so you do think that oh, that was Eric? Definitely, 100%, there was a body in there. My, and um, Tiedemann knows about it, he's on the inside, yep. My question is, because then there's a next, like, really quickly then, Tiedemann, like, hears something in the, in the woods, and, yes. like, he kind of looks around. Like, he, that was the only thing that kind of threw me off. Okay, so, but, like, we are to make that connection, like, uh, as, like, a first-time viewer. I just was, like, wondering if I was making the same Well, um, and, you know, to be fair, uh, we don't know who's in the barrel, uh, but the, I think the implication that somebody's remains are in that barrel, definitely the case. So, okay. I think that, um, 
you know, I, and it would make sense that the pieces were laid that it's Eric, but I think that the 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 threat is could be anybody. <laughs> it could be a Tiedemann. Watch out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, um, all right, I found something, uh, vi- uh, tough transition, but I found something really funny in the next scene. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Hannah, this is when Hannah and uh, Jonas are sitting in the kitchen, and. Do you know that picture of Hannah, Jonas, his grandma, and Michael? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Hannah cut the grandma out of that picture. Okay. Hannah wow. cut her out. It's only the three of them now. In the first episode, it was the four of them. And then the grandma didn't pay the power bill for Hannah. And Hannah oh, has cut her out of the picture. Oh, Brian. Hannah good. is so petty. She's so good. petty. Well... I think that there's some level, you know, she's a sympathetic villain. You know, we can see that uh, she is bad, but we can also understand kind of her plight. um, We can stand her. Yeah. Well, she's bad. She she is, you know, in a, but we we also have not gotten the full story on Hannah yet, so I'm willing to, like, see what else is going to happen with her. Right. And, like, this is where, like, Jonas is questioning her, like, do you miss dad? Did you have a- no! She misses the notion of him, like, so, Ugh, like, gross. no, she doesn't miss him. Well, uh, and... She didn't know him. We yeah, I mean... Say that again. <laughs> even though he's asking, you can kind of tell it's more a formality, like... Yeah. It's not that... It's not like he was genuinely wondering, you know? He's like, uh, did you, like... Right, he wanted he, to hear her say it almost. He's yeah. chiding her. Yeah. Like, did you really love him? Oh, yeah. Sad, sad. Maybe, yeah. Um... And then the power actually does come back on, and it kind of saves Hannah from answering the question further. <laughs> well, this is a, you know, this is the type of musical montage that I love in Dark because... Yes, um, comes up here. Well, like I said, there's this return to the familiar, and there's something about, uh, even though I didn't go to high school in Germany, <laughs> something about that camera shot of the high school doors with the trophy case yeah like when the lights flicker you're like oh my god that could have totally happened like like, yeah like you know that is my high school like you know um, they do a really good job with some of that you know really um you know when they cut to the hotel and the lights flicker you know what i noticed here is that the lights seem to flicker in everywhere that's important Oh, okay. Uh, Ulrich and Katarina, the lights are flickering as well, and they're in Mikkel's Okay, room. that's not just flickering. That's like a full-on, like, like the, uh, the solar system looks That's what I was going to say. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. The, it was like, a little eerie. It was eerie. And the as the lights flash, they uh, they have this song, um, Anthracite Fields for Flowers. Uh, it's kind of like the time travel anthem of the show. Okay. And, uh, but it's an awesome song. It's like kind of dun 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 okay. I don't know. But it's really good. And uh, uh, I really like, I do love this this montage. And we have like kind of flashes to all the characters kind of like reacting to the lights flickering. We also see the police station. We do because we find Charlotte and she's picking up one of the dead birds. Oh, it's sad because it's not just one dead bird. There's, no, just, um, you know, tens and dozens a of them. A flock. Yeah. A full flock. So, um, and in the montage, too, we have the stranger crossing out where is Mickle to when is Mickle. Okay, yes. And that is really, I think, the, uh, 
you know, this is kind of when we start to leave this exposition behind, I think. Um, you know, we, we, if you are a person who studies, you know, plot, then you know <laughs> that the exposition is when, the, you know, this is kind of an inciting incident, right? Um, now we know that the action is about to take off. We know that there's this deep force that's happening. It has a physical effect. It has this kind of transportal time event. And, um, you know, I think that all of the characters have been affected at this point, and so we're going to see now, like, what's next, right? Right, and I'm so glad you said that, too, because I was um, writing that this is kind of like the episode where dark becomes dark, right? Because we get the time travel aspect. And so... In the first episode, we don't have that, right? And so it's hard to. It, the show isn't what it. The show isn't what it can reach its potential to be. So, like, I really like that. Where, like, like you said, those things are about to start happening, and we see Mikkel climb through the cave, still in a skeleton oh, outfit. Oh, in his little skeleton outfit, it's sad. It is sad. The velvet couch is missing. And the velvet couch, yes. Yeah, so, yes, very good, good eye, because we're trying to see differences, because it's definitely not the same. And you can tell by the automobiles. Um, what else? Did you notice Sick any other moped The thing. moped. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, he's falling a few times as he runs through the forest, but he gets to his house. And he's trying the key and it doesn't work. Okay, now see, that I, I like, uh, this is the part where I'm like, okay, writers, like me. Like, if you already got all the way to your house and you're like, I'm still gonna, like, I don't know. I, I think they could have done a better job with that transition. Um, I thought this transition seemed a little forced. Like, uh, like, ah, like we gotta, we gotta like nod to Chernobyl to get like the like you know. Right. And first of all, that would probably be nothing to a ten year old. Yeah, that, that was my other point. Is yeah. like, what the fuck does that kid get? Right. <laughs> Sorry. But... I guess no. You're right, but like, I guess like then they like because I was thinking the same thing, and then like they zoomed in on you know the date 1986. So I was like, okay, I guess that would give it away. But um, I do love when Ulrich comes out. Okay, and first of all, this is the first time we've seen this actor, right? The kid. Great. Yeah, they did a good job. Great. First of all, yeah. because, okay, I do think that he looks like he could become Ulrich. Yep. But mainly because he is such, like, a caricature of the time period. Like, yeah. his hair... His smirk, his like, does he have an earring? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, There's he's something got, like, he's got he all just swag, like yeah. looks real, like, yeah, like, woof. Has some good lines, right? <laughs> you gonna grow roots. <laughs> gonna grow roots. Are you dense, fool? Yeah, and, 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 uh, okay, and also, can I say, like, probably I would not have reacted too different. <laughs> it is weird. So, yeah, because, like, like Mickle's like, I live here, and Ulrich's like, fool, I live here. <laughs> And, okay, yeah, he's actually a little too nonchalant. He leaves the door wide open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for this kid, the Grim Reaper, he calls him, to just walk through. I live here! Come no, inside. no, just come inside. Yeah, it's fine. Here, I'll just leave this open. Why don't you come see what it's about? Yeah, it's yeah. very weird. And how convenient that Mikkel goes to his childhood home and runs into not only his father, but his mother, too, Katerina, shows up. Who is a banging <laughs> Like, she looks great. Um, and, you know, how, uh, ugh, how strange uh, to see your mom as yeah. a teenager. But, you know, I think that this actress does a great job because she cannot stop staring at him. Which, um, you know, I mean, she has hardly any lines, but I think the actress does a really convincing job of, uh, 
the weird. You know, she has no idea that that child is her child. <laughs> <It's so weird. laughs> right? That's like true. that's what that's we're true. supposed to infer right. there. It's before. But it she you can tell that she knows that something is very strange about the circumstance. Like it's almost like you can see like that her hackles are up a little right. bit. She like, looks back at him like when they're going on the Yeah, she whatever. knows she senses yeah. a connection. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'll be bring this up again. Now like she doesn't remember that like when, like, she buys Mikkel that, like, skeleton suit or whatever, and, like, she, like, puts that on, like, boy! Did he look like that? I saw this boy that Ulrich called the Grim Reaper. And it was the yeah. cutest was thing like, I'd ever seen, yeah. and I wanted to dress my boy yeah. up. <laughs> maybe maybe she was influenced by it. That's funny. I guess. Well, they are kind yeah. of alternative edgy. Yeah. If we had a kid, should we get them a skull A skull, outfit? yeah, you gotta get them a skeleton. Grim Reaper outfit. Yeah, solar system, uh... You know, thing about Bob that goes around. Through. That's what you do for your kid, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I guess. Gives them like connections and shit. I guess. Yeah. Um, and that is the end of the episode as Ulrich drives away and Mikkel's like WTF. Uh well, okay. Um again, I think that this episode does a really great job of uh this introducing these uh, ideas and continuing them throughout the storyline to uh, set the stage for the actual, like, rising action of the story. Right. Um, the birds are creepy. Yep. We talked about all the lies, which the uh, episode was named after. Okay, now, hold on. Uh, that connection was not as clear to me. Oh, so... I could list them for you. Yeah, give Here me the go. list. Okay, so Ulrich lies to Katarina. We actually didn't talk about the scene, but Ulrich lies to Katarina. She's like, don't tell me. She's like, you better tell me the truth. Um, you can tell me the truth about anything, and Ulrich's like, doesn't tell her anything. Oh, um, yes, I do recall. Tronte, uh, Tront <laughs> hides the blood stain on his sweater. Tront lies to his wife about where he was the previous night. Peter Doppler, I said he was just lying because he's quite weepy while listening to the news reports. Okay, that's so now weeping is lying? <laughs> uh, maybe that's a stretch. Okay, okay, that's a stretch. Um, I have a question here, not for sure. Is Alexander Tiedemann lying to Ulrich at the... Yep. And Eric's father, is he lying to Ulrich? Because he also was working with Tiedemann when he was like, just do it now, move it now. So I don't yeah, know what's going on there. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, those were the lies I found in the episode. Um, well, I mean, I guess you could also say, like, what kind of lies are, you know, just omissions of truth, because... That's true. I feel yeah. like there's also, um, you know, we have really not seen a development with these teenagers. Like, I am surprised that we haven't seen more, like, interrogation. Like, you guys were with him. Why weren't you there? Like, you know, like, I... That is a great point. They're being a little <laughs> gentle on these teenagers, if you ask me. Put Bartosh to the flames! <laughs> no, um... You know, uh, the tension is in the air, obviously, with the thunder and the lightning and the power plant closing and, you know, the impending doom of, like, what's behind the door. Um, we spent more times in the cave today, and, like, when we were in the caves, I was just, why do people come in caves? I've been in many caves, and ugh, no thanks. Yeah, well, my question about the caves is, why haven't they, like, closed down the caves at this point, like, with, like... Oh, listen, you can close the cave, but you're not gonna keep people out of them. Can Kevin, like, a guard there? 
Get the get the get the Waller. Back get up. the one eyed guy up. on the job. Okay, so it. now you want him to have oh Waller, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the junkyard man, and I was like, you want no, the junkyard I, man to guard the I'm junkyard and the cake. Certainly not talking about Jurgen. I am not, not <laughs> recommending him for the job. He's selling drugs to like twelve year olds. Eric's twelve, thirteen, by the way. He's in Mickle's class. Well, Brian, you know a lot of kids do drugs when they're thirteen. <laughs> I think Mikkel's like eleven. I really do. <laughs> no, Mikkel's way too young. No, yeah. Yeah, well, that like says me, resident yeah. expert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was looking through my random thoughts of the episode. I think we've talked about all of them. Um, I have seen them. I don't want to speculate because I don't want to give away any spoilers. Do you have anything that you want to maybe? Uh, prophesize about before anything that you wanted to mention okay. as a prediction. Um, so clearly we, we're we going to return to the teammate, teenage drama at some point. Um, oh, I hope so. Whatever that looks like, they are overlapping there, definitely. Um, you know, we have this introduced idea that we're going to be operating in two different timelines, uh, one in 1986 and one in the present. Yep, in the present. 2019 is when the show is set. Wow. Yeah. So, I suspect you, they didn't know it was coming. <laughs> no, that's really funny, too. All the marketing for, I can't get into it now, but, like, yeah, it'll, it's funny if you, like, look at the marketing for season three. You yeah. fools! Yeah. Um, yeah, they have no idea. But, yeah, I mean, um, so, I, I'm excited to see an additional, you know, I love, um, you know, time period. Like, I love, I would let, I'm excited to see the costumes, I'm excited to hear the music. Um, you know, the, the score in general, so impressive. Uh, there's a lot of, like, dog whistle-type sounds going on in this episode, yeah. which, you know, again, uh, correlates to the idea that this phenomenon is a physical... Something's happening. <laughs> ...process. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, fantastic. Um, so, if there's nothing else, I think I'm going to wrap up here. And... Uh, so if you can follow me on Twitter at wakeupwinden, that would be fantastic. You can email the show at wakeupwinden at gmail.com. And you can visit the website and read my blog, uh, blog recaps at wakeupwinden.com. Um, so thank you so much. Um, Elisa, anything else before we sign off? Ooh, man. I wish I could sing that song that was on the cassette right now, but it would mostly just sound like a terrible, scratchy recording. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't even know if that was in this episode. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, so take care, and as always, hate on Bartage. No, I'm just kidding. All right, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.